Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast discusses true crime, which may entail violence and other material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Kayla. And it's Lexi. All right, and it's Lexi Day. It's Lexi Day. So uh, for today's episode, since we're starting to enter into spooky season, I know it's only early September, but bear with me. I've been in spooky mode since August. (laughs) I wanted to do a little bit of a compilation for you all. So originally, this was going to be a one case episode, but it turns out the phenomenon that I was looking into has actually happened on more than one occasion, turning this into a little bit of a compilation episode, which I enjoy doing. So today I'm going to be talking about crime scenes and bodies that were initially looked over because the people who discovered them thought they were Halloween decorations. Oh, I don't like that there's many of those. I really hate that. Actually, when I first heard of it, I thought it was only one instance. And then I kept searching and I couldn't find the instance I thought of. And I found like three others. And I'm like, hmm, okay. (laughs) So the first case and the case that I have the most amount of information on was the murder of Rebecca Cade. So this is fairly recent. Uh, The murder of Rebecca Cade took place on October 12th, 2015. So Rebecca Cade was a 31-year-old mother of one at the time, a 15-month-old son um, who reportedly struggled with addiction, but had a network of family and friends who loved her, supported her, and spoke highly of her character in spite of her struggles. Cade was found deceased, hanging over a fence in Chillicothe, Ohio, the morning following her murder. But multiple witnesses did not initially report her body due to believing her remains were a Halloween decoration due to the appearance of her body and the proximity to Halloween with one witness claiming that she looked like a zombie decoration due to how brutally she was attacked. Oh my God. Which is absolutely horrible. Absolutely terrible. So Kate's murder came on the tails of six other women who had recently disappeared from the Chillicothe area and residents were becoming agitated and concerned about the slew of disappearances and exceptionally brutal slaying of Kate. So those six women, those bodies as far as I as far as I'm aware in the time of researching this case were not recovered they were disappearances Cade was the first one whose actual remains were recovered in in okay. such a traumatic and brutal way like it's not even like she was hidden or anything just left where she was so later that day uh Donnie 
Coconor Jr., a 26-year-old local man, was arrested on suspicion of Cade's murder. And Coconor's sister, Lisa Frost, was also brought in for questioning. During the trial, as she lived a few blocks away from where Cade's body was found, Coconor allegedly came to Frost's house that night, seemingly covered in, quote, mud and blood, unquote, and threw his clothes in the dumpster out back before showering. Apparently, Frost's roommate had mentioned this as well during the trial and was like, do not let that man into this house. Are you kidding me? Like, she was like, oh, my brother's coming over. He's just kind of dirty. We're going to shower. And the roommate was like, absolutely not. But she did anyway. I think that's, I feel like that's pretty damning evidence. You know, like, could have been a coincidence, but how many good reasons are there to be covered in mud and blood at, you know, the same evening that a murder occurred. Yeah, it's like, that's... And that's throwing your not, clothes in the dumpster. Yeah, that's that's not like a coincidence. Yeah. That's not something that happens all the time. Like, oh, I just got blood on me today from, you know, walking down the street. Somebody just threw blood at me. Right, you know, ah, tis the season, tis the season to get carried. Um, So there was significant DNA evidence brought to the trial where it was claimed that Cade's blood was found on Cockenor's clothing and Cockenor's DNA was also found on Cade's body and clothes as well. Basically, the persecution suggesting very strongly that the two of them were in pretty close contact, making him a really significant suspect. The forensic pathologist uh, determined that Cade's attack was particularly brutal. Her nose was broken. Contusions were found on her face, head and neck. And she had stab wounds on her face and neck burns on her back, spinal and brain injuries, and was fighting so hard against her attacker that one of her biceps tore. Oh my God. Yeah. How do you even tear a bicep? That just sounds like excessive. She must have have been truly fighting with her life, tooth and nail, against whoever was coming after her. So Frost had later attempted to recant her testimony against her brother, stating that she was lying to cops to try and fuel slash cover up for her heroin addiction. And now during the trial that she was sober, she was afraid of her brother ending up in jail. So to me, it doesn't sound like she initially lied to cops. It sounds like maybe she was telling them the truth and then she sobered up and was like, oh, crap, I don't want to face the reality of my brother going to jail. Better lie. But I technically she claims it was the other way around. I don't know. Just seems a little suspicious to me. Yeah. So shockingly, the outcome of the trial um, was in April of 2017 uh, because there were multiple instances where Cockenoir had to be basically whatever they do where they determine whether or not you are fit and sane to stand trial. They had to do four of those for him. So that's strange. That's bizarre. I don't know if maybe he was trying to like pull the insanity card because I feel like that's pretty common when people are facing um, like a murderer charge. They'll be like, well, time to act crazy. Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. So the outcome of the trial was in April of 2017 was that Kakanoor was found not guilty after 12 hours of jury deliberation. The jury claimed the decision was made based on the fact that they believe there were other people who were more likely to have the motive and opportunity to murder Cade. To this day, no one has been found guilty of Cade's murder and Cockner remains a free man. So because you think other people might have done it, despite all of this evidence, you think he's not guilty. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And like, you know, not even like of a lesser charge or anything like that, like not even accessory, like, oh, saying like, oh, he didn't act alone or wrong place, wrong time. Um, 
And so the decision was met with contention by the community and Cade's friends and family who feel as though she was not properly brought to justice. Because she wasn't. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. And neither were the six other women who went missing. Yeah, I don't know if those would be, those would be connected to Cade. Like, they could be. Mm -hmm. But, like, if they weren't found, why would he change his M.O. and leave a body out in the open? That's a really good point. That's a really good point is is if they if it was a separate thing, it's it's just a suddenly different MO. So it could have been like a, a one off kind of attack, like a targeted attack at Cade as opposed to a random with these other women. But still, that's pretty, I don't know, disappointing that we don't have answers for either of them, for either of the six for the six women missing or for Rebecca Cade. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think part of why that is, is because Rebecca Cade in dealing with addiction had a couple of relatively minor run-ins with the law in the past. And generally when people like that end up disappearing or um, being murdered, there there's just, there's less, um, I don't know how to put it there. It's almost like there's less fervor to sort of bring them to justice. They're, they're considered less dead. Is what yeah, the that I've heard. That's the best. That I think that's the best way to describe it, and that's why a lot of serial killers will target certain demographics of people. Is because, I mean, it's easier to get away with if you're even less likely to have people investigate it or take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it? Only two percent of all violent crimes are ever actually solved. It's like yeah, a heina- like heinously low number. Yeah, any podcasts I've heard, like, they use the term less dead cause it, mm-hmm. to describe the murders of, like, sex workers, mm-hmm. homeless mm-hmm. people, yes. people who travel a lot, like, people who yeah. aren't going to be, like, they assume aren't going to be missed. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good term for it, like, it, like treating them like they're less dead. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's a really viscerally awful term, which I think makes it such an effective term because it really evokes that horrible, like, obviously they're not less dead, you know, but yeah, that is kind of how they're treated. Mm -hmm. So the second case, the second case is a man named Mustafa Mahmoud Syed. So this took place on October 15th of 2009 and a man's body was found in Marina del Rey in California in an apartment complex in a chair on a balcony four days after his death due to onlookers initially mistaking him for a Halloween dummy placed as a decoration. The man uh, was 75 and he died via a gunshot wound to the head. I guess there was a single entry wound to one of his eye sockets uh, and his death was ruled a suicide after investigation. Oh man. Yeah. So the neighbors said that they initially noticed Syed the Monday prior, but did not initially call police due to the belief that the remains were there for decoration. Some described the way that he was seated in a chair. It almost looked like a, a, a dummy or a, like a scarecrow, like a straw scarecrow, just sort of propped up in a chair. But wouldn't your neighbors like know what you look like to know that you're not a dummy? I'm wondering if maybe he was like slump, like slumped over, you know, maybe they didn't see his face. And he was wearing a hat. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like that's, that's pretty strange to me, you know, to, to kind of walk by and, and see that because I, I don't know. Or maybe people were in autopilot, you know what I mean? And just kind of walked maybe. by and like, just saw him sitting in the chair and like, didn't really look. Um, those are my two best guess guesses. So what's strange is that this is what's really strange to me. 
As he was in full view of the entire apartment complex, multiple neighbors had said at first that Zayed looked fake in a way, you know, he was draped on the chair um, and that he seemed to be a sweet and friendly man. So his suicide shocked his neighbors and the community, but also how did no one hear the gunshot? That was my other question that I was wondering. Like, what the yeah. neighbors, like, unless they were all miraculously out of the, like, building. Yeah, if they were all out of the building, or, I don't know, maybe it's a maybe it's a neighborhood where it's not uncommon to hear gunshots go off. Maybe. Or um, maybe he used a silencer. I'm not really sure. But that's the weird part to me, is I'm like, no one heard the gunshot? So, uh, apparently the neighbors began to suspect something was amiss. When he appeared to be decomposing over the course of the next few days as he was left on the balcony. And no criminal charges were filed in this case due to it appearing after investigation as a cut and dry suicide. So that one I feel like was really tragic for a different reason. Yeah, like poor guy like killed himself and nobody even recognized his body. Like I know, like, re- like really alone till the end. Yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe he did it out of the house, so family didn't see him or because I know sometimes that's what people will consider when they choose to end their lives is they will kind of be like okay let me let me maybe try and do this somewhere where someone not my friends not my family will will be the first to sort of recover my remains Hmm. maybe or maybe he did that so he was like well people will see me so we're gonna know what happened I'm not really sure I don't know yes like people saw you but they thought you were a Halloween spooky decoration Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So the next case is a, a, su- a another suicide, but um, I had difficulty finding multiple articles about this one, and so therefore I had difficulty finding the name of the victim. Um, but I do know that it was a 42-year-old woman, and she uh, died by suicide via hanging on October 27, 2005. And this occurred in Wilmington, Delaware, And this was across the street from a row of homes outside in a tree, among other Halloween decor in the neighborhood. And the woman's body was suspended roughly 15 feet off the ground, according to an NBC News article. So she was originally believed to be a Halloween decoration simply because she sort of blended in with the landscape and was so high off the ground. That is really high up. Yeah. So was this in a tree in her yard, you said? I don't know if it was her yard. It was just a, it was a tree like across the street from a row of houses in Wilmington. Um, and it was on October 27th, 2005. So like that's pretty darn close to Halloween. And in researching this case, I also found the opposite. I found a couple of cases where people had called the, called the police on Halloween decorations thinking they were actually bodies. I think one was a case of someone who put fake limbs in like, looked like it was sticking out of their trunk. Um, and then one was a man who set up a fake scene with a dummy to make it look like his, a garage door crushed him. Um, this is going to be kind of a dumb question and maybe this is where the discord comes in handy. If you have a Halloween decoration so significant that the police continue to be called on you, can you like, can you be served a cease and desist letter where people are like, please take down your Halloween decoration. Like you're wasting resources. We keep getting called to investigate this. Like, I don't know if there's a legal ordinance for that. I don't know. Cause the one year people kept calling the cops on our house for Halloween. (laughs) 
because we had we had a smoke machine and it was like smoking all down the street and people were like, Oh my god, their house is on fire. Like the oh, fire no. truck came to our house and they were like, Can you please turn that off? <gasps> of course this would have happened to you. <laughs> it was like one of our first Halloweens in this house. That's amazing. That's a very Kayla thing to have happen. You were like, actually, yeah, I can relate to this. We got the cops called because of our Halloween decorations. <laughs> Someone in my neighborhood has one of those like 12 foot skeletons and they're always dressing it up. I love it. I'm so obsessed with the 12 foot skeletons. If you guys have 12 foot skeletons, please send us photos. We want to see them. Especially if they're dressed up. Yes. So I actually have one more case, but it's kind of the opposite and a little bit more of an urban legend. And this is the case of La Pascualita. Does that sound familiar? Mm Mm-mm. So it's it's a little different, but I, I feel like it's relevant enough for me to still talk about it in this compilation episode. Um, but it's an urban legend situated around a bridal mannequin at a shop called La Popular Dress Shop in Chihuahua, Mexico. And the mannequin in question, called La Pascualita, is so detailed and realistic, it is rumored to be the mummified remains of a deceased daughter of the shop owner from many years ago. So the mannequin, yes, yes. And you know what? I wasn't convinced until I'm still not like totally convinced because bodies rot, but the close-ups of the hands, like how detailed the hands and the nails are on this mannequin is super creepy, super, super creepy. Like, let me send you, like, let me send you a picture of this. I'm sorry. I just it really it really is giving uncanny valley. Okay, I found it. I found an image that I can send to you here in the Discord of this mannequin, the mannequin's face and its hand. Oh my god. Right? I don't like that. Right, I see why people like it's it's give it's very house of wax almost. It is. Yeah. Like, the face is very detailed, but I could tell it's a mannequin. But those hands came off a corpse, and there's nothing you could say to convince me otherwise. No, right? Like, why are the hands so detailed? Like, in the face, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, that's that's just a very well-done classical mannequin face. And then you see the hand, and it's like, what was the reason? <laughs> what was this the reason? This is a crime. Yeah. So, there's no official story behind this mannequin, because there's never been an you know, an investigation, it's a mannequin. Um, but the common story is that there was a woman named Pascuala Esparza, and she began displaying a new mannequin in the window in the 1930s. And the story goes that the corpse bride mannequin, as HowStuffWorks.com put it, which I like that, calling her the corpse bride, because she's used to display wedding dresses. Um... Apparently, the mannequin not only being disturbingly lifelike looked like Miss Esparza's daughter who had passed away before her wedding. Some say it was from suicide um, because her family didn't approve of her marriage. Others will say it was an accident. Either way, um, it is believed that basically to honor her memory, she was mummified and turned into a bridal mannequin for the shop. 
And some report not only that the eyes seem to follow you around the shop, some will even say that the mannequin appears to move under its own steam as if it's haunted or possessed. Mm, I'm not a fan of any of that. I can't tell you how much I hate like dolls and mannequins. Like they really do give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, my great-grandma. So the house my parents live in now, my great-grandparents used to live in, and she collected porcelain dolls. Every single room was filled to the brim with these porcelain dolls. And yeah, when I was little, I tried spending the night and I couldn't do it because the dolls were staring at me as I'm trying to sleep. That is so terrifying. And I get it. I get that there's 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 that art that goes into porcelain dolls and they're very pretty. They're very collectible. But ooh, that's horrendous. Like I would rather Cabbage Patch Kids <laughs> because they just don't look realistic enough. Like I would be OK with like 100 Cabbage Patch Kids you know, staring at me. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. I could easily win a fight against a hundred cabbage patch kids, but like a hundred porcelain dolls. Like I, I'm, I'm no. not matched. I'm no. not matched. <laughs> They're stronger. Yes, exactly. They are stronger. I think they have superpowers. <laughs> Actually, if you've ever seen the 1980s, it's kind of campy, but it's a horror movie called dolls. It's kind of about just that. Oh, I haven't seen that, but it's a satisfying movie because they spare the good characters and they only really kill off like the really horribly unlikable characters. Oh, okay. It's good. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty decent watch. But if you're scared of dolls, you might get like the ick <laughs> watching it. So um oh shoot, where was I in the script about this? Okay, here it is. So yeah, there's there's this the mannequin is creepily realistic there's no denying that we're gonna have to put photos on social media it's spooky um but the the fact of the matter is it's not that easy or low maintenance to preserve a corpse especially for that long like the purpose of embalming isn't so that we dig you up 50 years later and you look the exact same it's basically to get you through like a week so you can have like an open casket funeral Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the purpose of embalming. It's, it's very, it's a temporary preservative effectively. So, and, and you can, according to some of the articles I read, you can actually embalm a body standing up as far as why you can do that. I didn't look into, I'm just like, Oh, that's weird. You can do that anyway. And then I like, didn't think of it until I said it out loud just now. And then I was like, wait, what's, what would be the reason? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess you can for some reason do that. Um, can you be taxidermed? Like, I mean, like, can I legally no. like, <laughs> like, can I like legally request that? Like, not that I want to be taxidermed, but you know, like, could I, could it be like cool? You know, like, could it be a taxidermy of me? Like, like lifting a horse over my head or something like that. Can I commission someone for that? I mean, they would have to accept a prison sentence, but like, <laughs> true. Running on the running on the worst political pa- platform I could have possibly I could have possibly come up with um, legalize human taxidermy. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's what Ed Gein tried to do. So ooh, yeah, it, no, because he made like he made like furniture and stuff, like furniture and yeah. clothing out of remains. Yeah, oh, I haven't thought about that case in a while, and that's probably one of the first true crime cases I've ever ever heard about. Um. But yeah, so basically experts have weighed in on this case because this is an urban legend that has been around for, oh my gosh, almost 100 years now um, with this bridal shop. And it's just people who are professionals in the industry are kind of like, there's no way. Like, there's just no way you keep a corpse 
looking that good for that long without having some issues. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at like old taxidermy, like even taxidermy, which is way more preserved than, you know, than just traditionally being embalmed or mummified. Like it's, it gets kind of flaky after a while for lack of a better way to put it. Hmm. I didn't know that. It just doesn't, it doesn't always hold up as well. I mean, if you take good care of it, it can, but you know, I've seen some rough taxidermy in my day and rough taxidermy kind of starts to fall apart a little. <laughs> it's kind of spooky. So, you know, it's a very prevailing urban legend and it's kind of like the shop has been very mysterious about addressing um, the rumors. Like you'd think they want to dispel it, be like, no, obviously this is not a dead relative, but they seem to think, or, or not they seem to think, people seem to think that why they don't dispel these rumors is because it gets them great publicity. Like it really does. It kind of keeps the shop very relevant and it gives it a competitive edge in a town where there's a lot of bridal shops and there might be some business competition. You can be like, Hey, we've got the creepy haunted mannequin. That might be a person. Come see us like that. That, you know, it gets people. I was going to say like, it probably keeps business booming. Cause like, I'd be like, I got my dress from, you know, the haunted mannequin shop. Exactly. Exactly. So at the end of the day, there's not this, the theory doesn't hold a lot of water. It's a fun urban legend. The mannequin is super creepy. Definitely have some thoughts and feelings about those hands. But as far as experts can tell when weighing in on this case, it seems so unlikely that this is actually in any way a preserved body simply because of how difficult it would be to maintain and preserve a body from the 1930s to actually function as a bridal mannequin. And there's not really any death records that seem to match the names of the urban legend. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that is what I had for you guys for the episode today. Um, I had one urban legend of a decoration assumed to be a body and then three true cases of people who were assumed to be decorations. So this Halloween's coming up. Maybe just look a little extra hard at those decorations this year. Make sure nothing is amiss. It's not like it's that common. You know, I only have three in this episode. I'm sure there's more than three, but you know, just uh, be on the lookout. Poke it if you're not sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look twice. Look hard. You know, it's it's not... If you see something really suspicious, obviously call the cops. And if they come and discover nothing, you know, they're not going to arrest you. They're not going to be like, how dare you? I'm pretty okay. sure. I don't know. One, t- one time I, I had to call the police. I called the non-emergency line, but I had to call the police at like 11 at night because the fire hydrant broke and water was spilling out over the street and I was like I don't know if I called the right person I just don't know who to talk to it's 11 at night they were like no no you called the right people we'll get on it (laughs) he sounded so bothered I'm like sir I'm so sorry the street is flooded I don't know what to do I had to call the non-emergent number it was like two in the morning and I'm driving down like this spot of highway in town and my headlights hit this little old woman who was just walking up the highway and I was like Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, That's my biggest fear. Are you kidding? Somewhere? Like, is she supposed to be out right now? So I just called the cops. I'm like, hey, there's a little old lady just like wandering the highway. Oh my gosh. I wonder, honestly, I wonder if maybe she had dementia and was That's kind what of, I was thinking. That's yeah, what I was worried about. That seems to be the most likely. Yeah. So you probably did exactly the correct thing so that people can go and collect her before she 
wander too far. But that's still very spooky to come across someone on a highway. I, I had a friend of mine in Pittsburgh who was driving through his hometown at night and um, his headlights landed on a naked adult man just <laughs> in the road. Just, just should not have been there. And he was like, I don't, I don't want to deal with whatever that is. <laughs> That's just the problem. I love Western Pennsylvania. It's such a beautiful place. Oh my God. I couldn't imagine. Come to Appalachia guys. We got spooky highways. That was like, that was not a topic I would ever think of to look into. So that was an interesting episode. I really, I, I, um, I'm glad that I was able to find multiple cases only because I did the first one. I'm like, wow, this is actually really short. And then I kept finding others where I'm like, wait, this is also a body that was ought to be a decoration, but it's a different case. So apparently that's a, a phenomenon. And what's odd to me is none of the bodies seem to be intentionally planted, which I, I would think, you know, someone could take advantage of like, like a haunted house or something. Obviously I'm not hoping for that. I'm just kind of surprised that I didn't see any examples of someone using that. I guess cause they know it's temporary. You know, if you try to hide remains as at, like, like in a haunted house or something like it's going to get discovered. And I'm sure most people who are hiding remains are probably trying to do it in a way that permanently hides their remains. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, little bit of a brief one, a little bit of a different episode for you guys, a little bit of a, a morbid topic, I guess. Um, but I wanted to give you something a little different, a little interesting. And um, I want to kind of up the spook factor as we are moving closer and closer to Halloween. I know. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm off for Halloween this year. I'm so excited. I literally love that your wedding is at the end of the month and you're like, I'm so excited for Halloween. <laughs> Two weeks. That's so you. Two weeks. But Halloween's next month. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for your wedding and Halloween. It's going to be great. Let's hope I don't mix them up and show up at your wedding in a costume. <laughs> I mean, the invitation said formal attire. It could be like a, a costume works. Mothman, but like in a suit. But yeah, that was that was super. I I just can't believe it happened more than once. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, it happened once, like that's cool. But like, why is there more? Why are there three? Right? Why, why? Exactly. Exactly. Why was there so many? Yeah, I um, yeah, that one was crazy to me. That one was was really crazy to me. Um, and then the little urban legend at the end, that one was, that was something I read in a Ripley's Believe It or Not book as a kid. And I just remembered very recently and I was going to do a whole episode on it, but it's just a little too short of an urban legend to do a whole episode. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? It'll work in this one. Yeah. So yeah, I think, um, oh, of course I almost forgot our social media spiel. You guys can find us on social media. We are on the social media formerly known as Twitter, I guess that's X now. X. We're on X. X. We're on X. Ew. I don't like that. I hate that. We're on, we're on X. We're on X like barely. Like we're on X in theory. Um, we are. We have our Discord. That's probably the best way to reach us. We have a really fun community over there. Um, we also have our Facebook group again, which like mostly exists in theory. Um, I don't even know who uses Facebook anymore. 
occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, like somebody will pop up on the group, and I'm like, oh yeah, we have a group. Nice, nice. I'm terrible. We've got our Instagram, we've got our TikTok, we've got our YouTube channel, and uh, I think that is about everything. Do yeah, you have the, anything else to add? The YouTube exists in theory because I haven't posted on it in two months. You know what? But That's there, kind of how the TikTok is, too. <laughs> I posted on TikTok the other day. It got a little bit of views. Nice. You know, I, I just, can't figure out that dang algorithm. Like, I'll feel like we'll work really hard on something and it'll get three views and then we'll just put something stupid into the universe and it'll be like 12 million. I know. The, the algorithm makes no sense. I know. We're bad at social media. We're sorry. We hope we hope we're better podcasters than we are social media managers. Well, yeah. So that was surprisingly wicked because there yeah. was more than one. Yeah, that one was kind of shockingly wicked. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit